Welcome to Vision is More Than 2020, a podcast aimed at talking about your vision, your eyes, and how they play a role in overall visual and systemic function. Dr. Zolnicki and Lakowski, with the help of various guests, will work to help you understand more about your visual system and all the pieces to the vision puzzle. Welcome to this week's episode of Vision is More Than 2020. We are going to be wrapping up our pediatric series with a series of questions and answers from our listeners. Uh, Before we do that, let's talk about our weekly insight, which is small wins from back to school. We are, you know, into the third week of distance learning and Like Lauren had said on last week's podcast, we have to celebrate the little wins. And I want to highlight my nephew, Leo, who had a huge win. He just started kindergarten and he is a younger kindergartner. He actually doesn't turn five until October. So my sister was a little bit nervous about him starting kindergarten, let alone with the way that his pre-K year ended with the distance learning, um, and she was super nervous. He also has been in vision therapy with me to work out a few visual issues too. So just everything combined, she was a little bit nervous. But rest assured, kids are so resilient and wonderful, and he was booming and running uh, out to me when I went to go see him on Saturday morning with his first ever book that he made. And he had to color it and then he actually was starting to uh, read the words and he was able to point to each word and tell me what it was and was able to tell me about the book that he created and it was so wonderful to see how proud he was to be able to do that and he was like I my eyes work and I can read and this is so exciting and I love school and it was such a wonderful feeling and my sister was just beaming with pride and I think it was a really great first step for her to kick kindergarten off that way. Oh, I'm so glad Leo had such a great start to the school year. He's such a cutie. Uh, In my house, back to school meant, uh, you know, a big change in our routine. My husband is a teacher, so with him going back to school, that meant setting our little teddy back to daycare which he was a little nervous about going, a little shy at the beginning of the day, not so happy. But our big win with back to school was when he got picked up that very first day from daycare, he was so sad to leave daycare. He was in, in the midst of this uh, a buggy ride that they do every afternoon outside, so he was in a little car with his three other friends. And when we picked him up, he was waving bye to them. <laughs> so sad to leave. So I'm glad that he was able to adjust. Let me, like I said, kids are super resilient and they uh, often surprise us and they often rise to the challenge that we, that we present with them. They really do. I think a lot of times the the nervousness really comes more so from the parent than the kids and they're, they're just totally fine. (laughs) Jump right back in. Absolutely. So let's jump into some of our listener questions. Our first question comes from Erica L and she wants to know, when should I get my kids examined? So this is a really good question that a lot of parents just don't know what to do with their eyes because it's not really encouraged by the pediatrician, right? They often just do a quick check and say, oh, you're fine. But it's really critical to get that very first eye exam between 6 and 12 months of age through the infancy program. It is a no-charge, no-cost exam for the parent that really lays out a baseline for the child. They are looking for gross large refractive errors, any intermittent eye turns or constant eye turns, and just overall looking at their visual development to make sure that they're on track. 
Now, if everything is normal at that uh, initial evaluation, we recommend at age three. And again, if everything is normal there, at age five before they start kindergarten. Now, typically kids, I think the mainstay used to be, okay, every other year for a kid, but with the advancement of technology and the utilization of so much technology and the academic demands that are placed on our kids these days, I and Dr. L are a big proponent for getting their eyes examined every year because the school demands change so rapidly and we want to make sure that their visual system is up to par to perform academically. So our next question comes from Tina B. What are the signs my child might be having a visual issue? This is a great question. Honestly, we could answer this all day long with the whole episode itself. But here are just some quick tips to look out for with your kids. You want to look out for squinting or getting really close to things. Um, Children who maybe need a glasses prescription will do that if they're trying to clear up their vision. So that's a big thing to look out for. For children who may be seeing double, things to look out for are closing an eye or they may just turn their head or kind of rest their face on the hand and they're trying to eliminate the double vision by doing that. As children get older, another thing to really look out for are any delays in reading ability. Reading is a huge visual task, so if there are any delays in the visual system, it it can impact that reading ability. And then my biggest tip is to look out for the sign of avoidance. This is a huge one. Kids who are avoiding visual tasks, like reading, often have something underlying going on, and there's a reason that they're avoiding that. So they may not tell you any symptoms that they're having. They may not show any other signs that you can pick up on as a parent. But if your kid is avoiding visual tasks, we highly recommend getting an eye exam. Yeah, and I think that's a really important one to kind of be aware of. You know, every kid is different and they like different things. Like Daisy really loves to paint and her best friend really loves to jump and climb. But I think it's really important that the child should be able to do a a near task, even for a little bit of time. Not every kid is going to be able to sit there for 20 minutes, but they should be able to at least go through a book with you or be able to complete a puzzle. So as the parents, really important to pay attention to how your child is functioning in their everyday life. And even if you say, hmm, maybe that seems a little bit off, go get that eye exam so that you can at least check it off the box. Our next question comes from Allison S., and she wants to know, I just found out my kid needs glasses. Can I get those glasses online? Loaded question, right? Okay. What I recommend, if it is your child's first pair of glasses, I would not recommend getting them online. First and foremost, the fit of the glasses on your child is so critically important. They, we need to make sure that the glasses are fit well on their face. They're not too big. They're not too small. They're not falling down. And the only way that you get that is by going to an optical that can fit you accurately for that frame. Now, additionally, there is a certain measurement that has to be done to measure the distance between the two pupils, and that has to be done accurately. There are some tips and tricks online with like a credit card and things that you can do, but rest assured, your child needs to be fit properly in their glasses. Uh, So for their first set of glasses, I don't recommend getting them online. Now, with that said, 
children tend to break glasses, right, pretty easily. There are great frames out there that are fairly indestructible. But say you go and get your first pair at the optical, you know what the frame style is. It may not be a bad idea if you want to get a second pair online um, with the help of the optical guiding you in the eye size and the way that they should be fit. So it's not, uh, this question, like I said, is fairly loaded, but I would recommend not getting your child's glasses online from the start. I think that's really good advice. I feel like we even get asked this question by a lot of adults, and sometimes it can be tricky to answer because online glasses have their place in the market, and I, you know, everyone is very different. Some people, maybe it's okay because they have a mild prescription and it's a little off. Maybe it won't make the, the biggest difference. But for people who have really high prescriptions, it's really important to have that fit in person, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. So our next question comes from Westchester from Lauren G. She wants to know, because both her and her husband wear glasses, does that inevitably mean that her children are going to need glasses? And at what point should they really start to be concerned about that happening? I love this question. I have to be honest, this is something that's really on the forefront of my mind. Um, I'm very nearsighted and my husband is mildly nearsighted. Uh, We both wear contact lenses to correct that. So I really think about this a lot with my baby. Um, Right now, luckily, I checked his eyes at his six-month mark and he's a little bit farsighted, which is perfectly normal for this age, but it's something that as a parent and an optometrist, I'm going to be very closely monitoring. So when it comes to needing glasses, if both parents already wear glasses, it doesn't necessarily mean that your children are automatically going to need them. Genetics does play a large role in refractive error, and specifically with nearsightedness, that's the type of glasses prescription that is most commonly tied to genetics. So if both parents are nearsighted, I highly recommend getting that baseline exam at six months. If the prescription seems normal then and no glasses are prescribed, make sure that you follow that timeline that Dr. Z mentioned at the the beginning of the episode, just to closely monitor your kids. And glasses prescriptions are not just all genetics. There are a lot of environmental factors that play into if a child is going to need glasses or not. So as they're developing, the way that they're using their eyes can impact their visual system. So for kids who look up close a lot of the time when they're younger, that might induce a little bit of nearsightedness. So make sure you get those kids outside so that they're looking into the distance and letting their eyes relax. That can really help. It's important to remember, too, that as the child is growing, their eye is growing, too. And then it's following kind of this natural course, essentially, of how the eye is going to end up developed and what prescription is going to land at. And there are little things you can do along the way to maybe try to change that course. But ultimately, if your kid is bound to have a glasses prescription, they're likely going to need it. And it's nothing that you did on your end as a parent that impacted that process. That's probably what they were always going to need. It's funny you say that because so I'm one of four. I'm the youngest of four girls. And my mom is very was very, very nearsighted. And my dad didn't wear glasses until he was in his 40s. So it was sort of like Russian roulette, like what was going to happen. Um, and each of us had a very different visual experience. My third sister got glasses at, in third grade, and she had a very large prescription. My oldest didn't get glasses until she was in fifth grade. My second sister didn't get glasses until she was in seventh grade. And then I didn't get glasses until I was in eighth grade. And we all had varying levels of nearsightedness. So it was sort of interesting to see uh, how that developed in each of us. And 
like I said, it was sort of like Russian roulette. My parents, my mom brought us every year to the eye doctor. Bless his heart, that eye doctor took all four of us in one morning to do all of us. But she diligently checked our eyes because once my one sister needed glasses, she was like, that's it. Everyone's going to need it. But right away, and it ended up being just that uh, it was different for all four of us. So like Dr. L said, Sometimes prescriptions are just the prescriptions. It's nothing that you're doing or that you have done or that you did do that is causing the prescription. But the most important thing is that you're getting those eye exams to know if there is a prescription to get your child to see clearly. Right, that really, that early intervention really is key. So if you know there's already one of those risk factors there for your child potentially needing glasses, What's the harm in getting that baseline exam and just checking and then monitoring them, especially as they're getting into that school age too. That is really key to try to catch if there's any prescription needed to make sure that they are set to go with their visual skills going into the classroom. Okay, our last listener question is from Krista S. And she wants to know when children should be able to properly identify colors. She wrote in to us, my child is still calling red orange. Is that normal? So as we know, we only see black and white when we're born, and we begin to start to see uh, colors around two to three months old, and the first color we can discern is red, and then it sort of snowballs from there. Now, typically color vision, and we can see, the child can see colors, but then identifying them is a little bit harder to identify when that happens, because it's a language piece that is really plays a big factor. Being able to see blue and then also call it blue is very difficult and that develops at a different age for each child depending on their language development. So my recommendation is that try and work through the consistency in naming the objects and the colors of the objects. When you are playing blocks or balls, I know with my daughter, Daisy, everything, I'm like, what color is this? What color is this? And it's interesting because she'll consistently call red green, which looks nothing the same. I know uh, Krista S. was saying he confuses red and orange. So those are really close and being able to discern those different hues is tricky. So I would say if it persists past three or four, in terms of color naming, you may want to get an exam to discern if they are colorblind. Uh, that is something that is very prevalent, typically higher in the male population than the female population. So it's definitely something to kind of look for and pay attention to, but really try, if you're seeing this in your child, really try to consistently go over the colors with your kid and rest assured most times the child figures it out once their language really does develop better. Right. I think that's really good advice because it's not only the visual component of properly seeing the colors and not having a color vision deficiency, but that language piece too. I was listening to a podcast recently about speech development and they were actually going over this exact process. So they recommended exactly what Dr. Z said, like, talking your kids through the colors of objects, like yellow bananas, and then you slowly take away those cues and just say banana, and then see if your kids can tell you what the color was, and then just start to tell them in the beginning, like, yeah, and see if they can finish the color. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's a good tip to work on that language piece to color vision development, too. 
Yeah, and our ability to test for color vision, uh, we have a few different tests that we can do here. So they don't need to be able to identify numbers yet. They can even just be able to use an object with us and trace. So uh, we have definitely ways to identify color vision deficiency in patients that are fairly young. So if you have any questions about that, make sure you bring them in and bring that up to the eye doctor. And if there's any family history of color vision deficiency, that's really important to note too. Right. There definitely can be a genetic component to color vision deficiencies. It's usually passed on to males. So especially to the listeners out there who have boys, you want to really make sure you get their color vision Absolutely. So those are all of our questions for today. I know that Dr. L and I had such a wonderful time going through this pediatric series and this vision and learning series. And we have such a great upcoming episodes we're excited to share with you. So we hope that you have a great rest of the week. And make sure to share your back to school wins with us. We want to hear what positive things came up during your back to school weeks. So make sure you share those moments on our social media. We would love to hear. Thanks for listening. Follow us at Twin Forks Optometry on Facebook and Instagram. Join our private Facebook group, Vision is More Than 2020. Subscribe, download, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Tune in next week to learn more about your vision.